the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. This could be Exhibit A in a lawsuit. Uh, let's hope that the doctors who are abusing kids now will be sued for big bucks sometime soon. It already happened in the U.K. where the largest sex change hospital in Europe is being sued by parents of kids who were mutilated. Listen to this guy, Dr. Scott Mosser at the Gender Confirmation Center in, where else, San Francisco. Me, So I'm uh, super committed to gender surgery. In the past, I used to do cosmetic surgery. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, and I've always been drawn to things that are deeply impactful. In the GCC, Gender Confirmation Center in San Francisco, we kind of have these like secret missions. Now, now that it's on a slide, these public secret missions, which are uh, one of them is that we try to we try to live with our values 30 to 40 years in the future. So and that puts us in a mindset of um, extreme affirmation because affirmation at that time is a foregone conclusion. This is a time in the future when gender is just a thing. Nobody makes a big deal out of it. People are being screened as children and adolescents for their gender journey and appropriate steps are taken to get them involved in a multidisciplinary process to get them where they need to go. That's, that's the future. Um, I do not have a minimum age of any sort in my practice. There's no chronological age that says you don't get surgery. Now, having said that, I don't think I've ever done a consult on a 12-year-old yet, but we would if one came our way. We just haven't had reason to. Um, and then we've done a number of 13-year-olds who, who we did consults on. I think I've done one or two 13-year-old surgeries. For the most part, it's 14 and up that by the time everything comes together, plus insurance approval, plus everything, that surgery actually gets completed. Um, we do not require any particular identity. We only require that somebody has gender dysphoria and uses a multidisciplinary process for us to you have, assess. You have that. a question? Please, yes. Yeah, say, what was the youngest age a transmasculine kid could consider the surgery? So there is no youngest age um, at all. Um, with parental consent, somebody could even do a, con a consult with me at age 10, 11, or 12. 11 or 12. Is that sick enough for you? This is being promoted by Democrats. Uh, Republicans need to get a lot more aggressive about this and put an end to it. It's total insanity. Anyway, when we come back, looks like we might have another racial hoax involving a Duke athletic team. And in our second half hour, 10 reasons why California's law outlawing new gasoline-powered cars is a really, really stupid idea. Stick around.
When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsrustpittsburgh.com. My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? It couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it, and after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I can't wait to see how well it helps him with his allergies as the seasons change and he's in the yard more. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite. My dog smelled so bad and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. Then I heard about Dynavite supplements for gut health, and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just two weeks, she had major improvements with the smell, and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet. And her coat is more beautiful than ever. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-690-4040. That's 1-800-690-4040. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-690-4040. That's 1-800-690-4040. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Inflation is soaring. Prices are going up everywhere except Legacy Box. That's right. When our number people wanted us to raise prices, we said heck no. That's un-American. When times get tough, Legacy Box stands strong. Introducing the Legacy Box Inflation Buster Sale. Not $15 a tape, not $12, 9 Yes, just $9 a videotape. We're in a race to save your family's recorded past. From the risk of fires, natural disasters, and the decay of time. Don't let this summer's heat age your videotapes, film reels, and fade your photos. Legacy Box saves your memories by professionally converting all your analog formats to digital on thumb drive or the cloud. And it's all done here in the USA. Legacy Box is simple and safe with over a million satisfied customers. For a limited time, you can get started for just $9 a tape. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBox to get our $9 sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 offer. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. 
Hey, Rachel Richardson made big news over the weekend. She's a black volleyball player for Duke, and here's what she said happened to her during a game at BYU. Uh, quote, I was targeted and racially heckled throughout the entirety of the match. The slurs and comments grew into threats. Both officials and BYU coaching staff were made aware of the incident during the game, but failed to take the necessary steps. They also failed to adequately address the situation after the game. The story drew outrage from the usual people and places, New York Times, NPR, CNN. But here's the headline today in the BYU Cougar Chronicle. Quote, racist comments at BYU volleyball game never happened, sources suggest. Thomas Stevenson is one of the co-writers on the story. He joins us now. Thomas, thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thanks for doing the show. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no problem. So let, let's start with the details of what was alleged to have happened. So it was alleged to have happened kind of like you said. It was that uh, Rachel Richardson, she had been playing with BYU on the Duke team and that she was racially heckled uh, several times when she was serving. And her godmother kind of took to Twitter first and she's actually running for office in Texas and has some history with race politics. Mm-hmm. And so the story goes that uh, every time she would serve, someone kind of heckled her with the N-word. And when BYU actually banned someone, we fully believed it because we thought that, hey, if there's someone that actually was put to blame, yeah. then BYU would do the right thing and uh, get them out of the stadium. So. Uh, at the Cougar Chronicle and BYU Conservatives is our group. We believe that fully and made a statement about it even and said that it was a good thing that uh, this guy was banned and that we're glad that he couldn't come back, but that this wasn't an excuse to blame the entire BYU community or to enforce race uh, and anti-racist mm-hmm. training on BYU campus. So what exactly is, oh. the, is the Cougar Chronicle again, Tom? Yeah, so the Cougar Chronicle is our associated newspaper online uh, with BYU conservatives. Oh, okay, so it's uh, not... BYU conservatives, it's yeah. A, it's a conservative B- paper, okay. Yeah, so BYU conservatives, is it was originally an Instagram page, and then we went and started that newsletter called the Cougar Chronicle. Okay, now, I don't know about you. Well, I, I know about you, because you said you believed it. I saw this, and, and you have to... As someone in my position especially, I, I, I thought about, I, I don't think I did, but I, I came real close to tweeting the instant that I heard it. My, my, mm-hmm. my reaction was, I don't believe it. I was going to tweet that, and I didn't, because you have to watch, because you'll be accused of being a racist for, for not believing it or for, for assuming that that couldn't happen. But it just does not seem like, I mean, I'm trying to picture, in any crowd, I don't care where it is, uh, someone getting away with that in the middle of a, a crowd at any kind of a sporting event, where where it would where someone could get away with it through the course of a game to do that every time a, a black player touched a game to yell that word, I just can't see people get. Uh, I, I just can't see anybody getting away with it anywhere, anywhere. I don't care yeah. where it is. And um, so that's was yeah, my reaction to and it. I, yeah, that was my initial reaction too because I hadn't heard about it. And then BYU made a statement and said they banned someone for doing it. So yeah. that's why we initially believed and then uh, made a statement actually condemning the actions. But then after our statement, uh, some people from the athletics department actually messaged us and told us about what had really happened. And it says it in the article, but it turns out that Duke never really identified the person that was committing the 
or saying the racial slurs yep. from the student section is where they said it was coming from until after the game. And then when someone who was actually who was mentally challenged came out to one of the Duke players and she said he kind of got in one of the players' face that they said that they recognized his voice. And so that was the person that BYU banned from all the events. Well, did they make turn, did they make uh, did they um, did they insinuate that he had made those statements, and that's why he was banned, or did they just pick him? They needed somebody to kick out. Uh, somewhat that he had made those statements, and they also kind of needed someone to kick out. Yeah, but, but did, that's what, according to our source, that's kind of what happened. But apparently, according to them as well, he was never actually seen in the student section. And because of that, there's now an article in the Salt Lake Tribune kind of after we released our story that they did more digging as well. Um, usually they don't have these types of things, but they found out that that guy actually had been banned because of the racial slurs as well. And then there, there's some, uh, an organization on campus, the Daily Universe, that's the official that's the official newspaper of BYU. Okay. We're an independent newspaper. And after we released our story, they all of a sudden also started asking for sources as well. Yeah, and so, um, and I'm sure you saw, and I'm sure that was well known around campus, what kind of reaction this story got around the country from the usual suspects uh, who were, you know, um, immediately believed it the same way they believed Jussie Smollett's ridiculous story and uh, had Robin uh, um, Robin Roberts on G- Good Morning America was crying on the air talking to him about it uh, and they didn't see the stupidity of that story the, kind of the same thing was happening with this wasn't it? And, and what was the reaction uh, back there to all yeah. that stuff? So I was actually in a class on Monday and that was the point at which we had posted the statement and then uh, my co-founder of the page, uh, Luke Hansen, he was messaging me along with the source because we had just released a statement because we were talking about, and I'm in the, it's a media relations class and everyone was talking about it. And I was sitting in the back kind of going over these texts and messages saying that none of this is true. And there were several people that were just getting so angry about it. And I wasn't going to blurt out that I knew about it at that mm-hmm. point because Nothing had come out yet, but after we did more digging and we were able to get more witnesses, uh, people that were on the court, people in the stands, as well as the one in the athletics department, we were able to collaborate and get a whole story together about it. Yeah, and the woman, her godmother, uh, she got her face on national TV a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. You you pointed out she's uh, running for office down in Texas. She was not at the game, if I'm uh, correct. Right, and neither was her father, who 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 jumped all over the story too. Yeah, and it kind of morphed because it first started with it was one person that was doing the heckling, and then that's why they banned the one guy. And then the father, I think it was on ESPN, did an interview, and he said that people were joining in uh, with the one heckler. So altogether, the story just didn't add up, and because of that, we were able to get to the bottom of it. And I had wished that BYU had kind of stood its ground for just a couple days and would have seen that uh, this would have come out as well or done some more investigation into the situation because yeah, well, especially with this, there's not that much proof. 
Yeah. So what's the what's the uh, university saying about it now, if anything? Are they are they apologizing um, to anybody? Uh, they haven't said anything yet that I know of. Um, but maybe they maybe they're saying something right now. But I haven't uh, been in communication with them at all. And so you're you're a student there, correct? Yes. So you've been on campus for a while. Um, uh, just the again, getting back to the just the idea that if you really sit and think about this for a minute, and and not only the fact that she claimed that a guy, one guy yelled that word uh, multiple times, but there were multiple people yelling it multiple times in the crowd, and nobody did anything about it, and the fans who were sitting around them thought it was okay. Again, didn't that right off the bat? Doesn't that make anybody who's been on campus for five minutes uh, question it? This thinking that that could happen? Not that listen. Not that there isn't somebody who some drunk would come to the game and 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 yell out the n word a couple of times. But but it would it would last thirty seconds, wouldn't it? And somebody would say, "Hey, you, you yeah. can't do that." Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, BYU, and we're associated and. Connect to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints yep. or Mormon, and you'd probably notice that if you go to a BYU game, there's not that much swearing in any of the chants, and it's because we try to keep it keep the profanity to an all time low compared to most schools. Right. Like uh, if you go to a basketball game, I was talking to uh, on another interview that we did earlier um, when they announced the opposite team's names. The student section, the heckling that occurs after that is just, hi, and if their name was Kevin, you say, hi, Kevin. And that's basically it. And then, obviously, on free throws, we wave signs and everything, but to say that there's a lot of profanity that goes on at BYU is, compared to other universities, would be false. Yeah, and and the media, of course, um, have, have you been contacted by many other people other than me over here in Little Pittsburgh? Uh, yeah, we've been contacted by you guys. Um, we have been emailing with a few other uh, kind of major news outlets. I know the Daily Wire had reached out to us about the story, uh, and we contacted Campus Reform. We had a training with them uh, just uh, earlier. Uh, I think it was like last week or whatever. And so we had connections there, and then I think it was, I can't remember his name, uh, at the moment, but we had an interview with him earlier today. Uh, it was it was for the Blaze TV network on YouTube, so we've had quite a bit of attention drawn to us at this point. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I just randomly popped up something here just for listeners. Um, this is the kind of response the story was getting predictable. This is from Yahoo Sports. A woman named Shalice Manza Young. And this is the first couple of paragraphs of her story. It is not Rachel Richardson's responsibility to be the adult in this situation. It is not the responsibility of the young black woman being victimized for simply existing to keep her emotions in check when the venom-spewing racist or racist is not. It is not the responsibility of the young black woman being victimized for simply existing to show grace and keep playing so as not to rock the boat. It's not the responsibility and blah, blah, blah. uh, This is... uh, there's, she's she's going to be blaming, uh, I don't know who, everybody on campus. Uh, she's repeating the uh, claim that uh, she was called the N-word every time she served the ball by a B- BYU fan. Was also What about this uh, also, uh, Tom? Uh, um, allegedly threatened by a white man who told her to watch her back when she went to the team bus. Is there any witness 
that can corroborate that or anything on video? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there's any witness that can corroborate that. I mean, the only thing that could have happened was that the because this guy that approached them was mentally challenged, and he was the man who they banned. Uh, maybe he said something along those lines, but I, I doubt it would be very credible if it was coming if it was coming from someone who was mentally challenged at the time. Mm-hmm. But I, I somehow doubt that he was saying those that type of thing either. Um, but at this moment, I don't know exactly what was said between uh, the Duke player and the man that they did ban. Well, um, and then this this writer goes on to say, officials knew what was happening, players knew what was happening, coaches for both teams knew what was happening, and aside from a police officer being stationed near the Duke bench, not a damn thing was done. So the the, the story is now that's the story is now that this poor woman was uh, uh, called racist names and she was uh, abused and nobody did anything about it. So what's the, the what what has happened here is that. Everybody at BYU is guilty of something. All the fans who were at the game, you're guilty if you were at the game and didn't do something about it. The coaches, everybody's guilty of it. And it was all, it's a made-up story. That's what it's looking like. There's no video to, mm-hmm. they, they look through video too, right? There's nothing to corroborate any of this. Yeah, they looked through the whole video, and the guy that they did end up banning wasn't in the student section whatsoever, and they haven't been able to identify anyone else that could have done it. And if you do look through the whole video... There's not a single time that the basketball team, who the basketball team has some black players on it, they were all standing in front of the student section, and none of them flinched or looked back at any specific moment where the N-word was supposed to be said. And none of the volleyball players who were on their court did. We've had several volleyball players who have, they I don't know if they can say anything, but they've liked the post. Mm-hmm. And then we've had cheerleaders, um, as well, so uh, people that were on the court themselves have been backing it up. And uh, the coach, uh, apparently the uh, the volleyball coach at BYU, announced that he'd met with Richardson and told the crowd, "If you would have met her, you would have loved her, but you don't know her, so you don't feel that way." He got involved in it and got all dramatic about it. It's kind of amazing, isn't it, that that um, that people are so willing to believe something like this, especially when there have been so many of these cases that turn out to be hoaxes. Yeah. From what we heard, though, the athletic director had his hands tied about the whole situation and wasn't allowed to go public on the things that had actually happened uh, from higher administration. So I'm not sure exactly what happened on that. So what do you mean? The, the athletic director was told not to say, not to, not to refute the story or to question the story? Something along those lines, but I'm not exactly sure what was said. Unbelievable. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, uh, Tom. Uh, Thomas Stevenson, uh, one of the co-writers of the story at the uh, BYU Cougar Chronicle. Good stuff. Great stuff, uh, and good job breaking that story. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, John. Okay. Have a good day. Okay, we'll be right back. SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Justice Department says Donald Trump's request for a special master 
To review the documents seized by the FBI at Mar-a-Lago is unnecessary. According to a new court filing, the Justice Department already completed its review of potentially privileged documents. It said that a special master was therefore unnecessary and that the presidential records that were taken from the Florida estate do not belong to Trump. The DOJ also claims that government records were likely concealed from prosecutors and efforts were likely taken to obstruct the government's investigation. What else corresponded Greg Cluxton, the former president, claims the government records in his possession were declassified. In health news, the U.S. authorizing its first update to COVID-19 vaccines. The booster shots will target today's most common Omicron strain. And those shots could begin within days. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! Hey, college football fans, I'm Sloan Martin. And I'm Mike Golick Jr. And College Football Saturday Night is going to be kicking off the season in Gainesville, first game of the Billy Napier era for the Gators. And they get to take on a Utah team that came out the end of 2021 red hot. And we hope you'll join us because Saturday nights are meant to be fun. Catch us right here Saturday at 7 on your home for College Football Saturday Night, powered by Learfield. College Football Saturday Night, this Saturday night on AM 1250. The answer. The coming midterms may be the most important election in the history of our country. The battle lines are drawn. The war for America's soul is on the line. Now is your chance to help freedom win. Join Salem Media Group and this station for the Battleground Talkers Tour coming in October. The best minds in conservative media and thought will dissect the coming election. Learn who's on the right side. Join us for a vigorous discussion about the issues that are so crucial to you, your family, and community. The economy and inflation. The border crisis. Our civil rights under attack. Higher taxes. And the effects the Biden administration is having on this country. The Battleground Talkers Tour will be something you never forget and could make the difference in this coming election. Join us. Join Gallagher, Hewitt, Prager, and Tatum. The Battleground Talkers Tour, Thursday, October 20th at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree, hosted by Pittsburgh's own John Steigerwald. Tickets at TheAnswerPGH.com. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things, or nothing at all. 
Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Still seeing those delays on northbound 79, jammed up Mount Ebo Road up to 910. There's an accident off to the shoulder. That's causing heavy delays outbound on the Parkway North, Mount Ebo Road up to 79. There is delays as well outbound on 28, 40th Street Bridge up to Delafield Avenue. And on the Parkway East, stacked up outbound Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Clear skies expected for tonight. It'll be good weather for sleeping. Tonight we'll see a low of 60. Tomorrow, mostly sunny skies. A nice day on tap with a high of 80. Clear skies for tomorrow night. Great evening for football. The low 58. As we wrap up the week Friday, we'll see mostly sunny skies. Expect a high Friday of 83. Saturday, partly sunny. The high 84. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Well, out in California, they're asking people to avoid charging their electric cars because of uh, extreme heat that they're going to have in the next few days. Uh, This is, I think it's one or maybe two days after passing a law outlawing the sale of gas-powered cars after 2035. So just imagine when every car in California, you know, I guess whenever they think it's going to be 25, 50 years from now, is plugged in. Uh, what what's that's going to do? But anyway, Larry Barons is the communications director at Power the Future. He joins us now. Larry, thanks for being here. Always good to talk with you, John. Thanks for having me. So, um, you well, first of all, is there any chance do you believe that Governor Newsom or any of the other idiots uh, who are in government in California are the least bit embarrassed by all this? By you know, by no, they see any problem with what's happening in the last couple of days. You know, I, I, they're, they're not. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, to cut you off yeah. there, but, I mean, we know the answer is resounding no. This was the same governor who threw down, you know, some of the most restrictive COVID lockdowns in the nation, then went to an exclusive French restaurant, right, and partied yeah. with his buddies and parties at Super Bowls and, and doesn't follow any of his own restrictions. And so, as you know, notices go out to Californians right now to keep their thermostat at 78 and to not plug in their electric vehicles, not use their air conditioners, not use their appliances. I would hope that, you know, one enterprising reporter, if there's anyone left in California, would head to the governor's mansion in Sacramento and say, hey, can I check the thermostat here right yeah. now? Because they are not, they, they will never live by the same rules. And no. you know, I tell the good people of Pennsylvania, well, they should worry too. Uh, California, what happens in California is not staying in California. And so a lot of states are looking to this to adapt it. And, you know, anyone running for office in your neck of the woods, they should have to be asked, what do you think about California doing this to their citizens? Yeah. And uh, I saw uh, the governor of uh, Virginia, Yonkin, was on last night on Tucker Carlson's show. And talking about how he's stuck with, a, uh, I don't know if it's called a law, but it's a plan in Virginia that uh, they do whatever California does. And it actually yeah, said, if, if when, they, when California passes this, then we pass it. Yeah, it, it is. And so it is a really weird, I'll try to be quick because it's, you know, a law, it's federal law, and I know people's eyes can glaze over. Yeah. But there's a federal law that says only California, California is the only state that can make car standards more stringent than the federal government. And then to, quote-unquote, make it fair, they said every other state 
who wants to can then follow California. Oh, okay. And so you're right. Like 17 states have signed on to say, California, we'll just do what you do. And it's essentially every governor of those states, uh, you know, Virginia and so forth, and, and my former homestead in New Mexico, they've just decided, you know what, we're going to just cede this part of our state to whatever Gavin Newsom wants to do. And, and they, by law, they, they said, we're going to follow what California does. So when California does it, the rest of them have to do it. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't just stay in California. It spreads like a real virus very quickly. Yeah, because everybody knows everything that's good starts in California. Uh, that's, <laughs> oh, the insanity out there. You can check out any time you like, right? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> hey, so, so you, uh, and we're talking to Larry Barron's communications director at Power of the Future. You compiled a list of uh, ten reasons why this is a really bad idea. Uh, the the I, I'm talking about the uh, the law that will prohibit the sale of gasoline powered cars after 2035. New ones uh, in California. So let's start with number one. EVs, uh, electric vehicles, are powered by fossil fuels, uh, and uh, I think that's coal, <laughs> oil, natural yeah. gas. Yep. So well, yeah. how are they going to how how are they planning to to uh, get energy to their grid that's going to feed all the electricity to these batteries in the cars. What, what a great yeah, and that's exactly the point, right? And, and you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I'd like to say I saw this coming in California this weekend. I, I did. We sent that out and, you know, they have attacked fossil fuel power generation for, you know, well over a decade now, uh, 20 plus years. And so it's had an impact, right? I know it's had an impact in your neck of the woods where they've taken reliable, affordable coal plants or maybe even a natural gas or oil plants offline electricity generation in the name of green mother earth mm -hmm. and then there's just less power but when they plug in their vehicles what are they powering with and so as you you know that tesla driver gives you that condescending look as you're stuck in traffic because you had the audacity to buy something that can recharge in just a 10 minute fill up then just remember that they are using fossil fuels more than you are so it doesn't really accomplish the the green goals but you know the part that really gets me about the the california initiative and everybody follows it it is just a pure attack on the poor and this is from the party that says they care about the poor and yet you know uh, the average income in the united states is sixty-seven thousand a year the average electric vehicle sixty-six thousand a year so they expect you to use your whole year's income to buy this electric vehicle so that you can virtue signal just like they do. And oh, by the way, for African-American families, that income rate is less. For Hispanic families, that income rate is less. So they have to spend more than a year's worth of income to buy this electric vehicle. These are all the things that pushers of EVs don't want you to know. And again, if you love them, great. Uh, enjoy your glorified golf cart. That's yeah. perfectly fine. Just don't force the rest of us. Yeah, and uh, then number two here is uh, the EV batteries rely on cobalt, and uh, they we don't have a lot of cobalt underneath our feet around here. No, and and when you say around here, you're you're talking about the entire United yeah, States. Yeah, That's exactly yeah. right. And, and where they do have it, they have it in the Congo in Africa. And who do they use to get that cobalt out of the ground? They use children. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are literally contributing to childhood mining. And EV takes six times the amount of metal as a regular internal combustion engine car. That metal comes from children in Africa and slaves in China. It is really that simple. And so, again, as they are condescendingly looking at you, they are filling up on fossil fuels themselves, and they are contributing to a supply chain that has egregious human rights and 
let's say it with me, environmental violations. It is pathetic. And what's really amazing about this to me, uh, Larry, is that you don't have to be a scientist. Uh, you don't have to be a politician. You basically only have to have a brain to know that this is a really stupid idea and that it's insane to think that uh, 12 years from now that um, the entire state of California, every person there who lives there, if they go out and buy a car, is going to have to buy an electric car, and that that's going to work, that that's, it's, that's going to be, and that's going to make everything wonderful. It's who, what, other than some idiotic politician who doesn't have to worry about the repercussions of what he's doing, who would come up with something like this and think it's a good idea? Well, I'll tell you who, and I'll just be upfront with you. If you know the other side, and I'm talking about the eco left, they are exceptional at one thing, and that is outlawing their competition. They know the oil and natural gas industry is full of people who work for a living and genuinely don't like people who don't work for a living, like those who work at you know the Natural Resources Defense Council from a high school office in San Francisco. And so, what does the eco left do? They try to outlaw their political competition: oil, natural gas agriculture, manufacturing. They try to outlaw them and so that when, you know, they get their campaign donations and their tax money laundering, like, you know, an inflation reduction bill, $369 billion, they can feel really good that that money will end up back in their campaign coffers. It's a, something that, you know, the the right doesn't do it because we hold on to scruples and our, our, our morals, and the left has no such obstacles to do that. They just absolutely use your tax dollars against you at every point, and that's where we are with EVs. They tell you they're affordable, they tell you they're great, they tell you you must have it, but yet they have to use the power of government to force you to buy it. And uh, are they paying attention at all to what's happening in Europe right now? Uh, the people in, in uh, several European countries, uh, they're being told to put their thermostat at 80. And that's If you have an air conditioner and you set it at 80, your air conditioner's not on. You know, it's, It ain't going to kick on at 80. If it does, you're in yeah, big trouble. Yeah, and that's and, and that's what you know, and it's coming home right this weekend in California, holiday yeah. weekend. They're being told to keep it at seventy eight. But to your point, and it's exactly the right one, John. It, they are not. They are completely ignoring these countries in Europe that have gone down this green insanity road for the last ten years, and now it has delivered them to be puppets of Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin can say, "I'm just going to shut down the pipeline. It weak needs maintenance," and they're cut off. Right. And so they didn't develop their natural gas sources. They laughed at President Trump. The German delegation laughed at oh, President yeah. Trump when he said, you need to be developing your natural gas resources because Putin will mess with you. They openly laughed at him. Prices are the highest there they've ever been for energy. They're worried about how they're going to get through the winter. And now they're thinking, you know, maybe some natural gas would help us. <laughs> it is, uh, I mean, the word, I'm trying to find a stronger word than pathetic. It's, and, and repugnant comes to mind and stuff like that. You know, uh, sometimes my uh, seventh grade uh, level English doesn't really work out that well. But, I mean, there are just no, it would be funny if the consequences just weren't so disastrous. And I wonder how many, how, how much of this is a result of, the citizenry being uh, indoctrinated over the years that they would allow this to get to this point. Because it's one thing for, yeah. the, for, the, for the government people to do it, but uh, for the people to have elected, uh, put people into power who could do this to them. They had to have been indoctrinated before they would allow it to happen. So maybe they, you know, we shouldn't feel too sorry for them because a lot of it is their fault. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, let's just be honest. They all decided to follow a 
rebellious teenager who didn't want to go to school. Right. And that's how they decide. You know, when you let a, a kiddo who wants to skip school make your energy policy, these are the results that you get. And that's where we are right now in, in Europe. And, and let's just be upfront, too. It's being ignored by the media in the United States, oh, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they don't want to know that your neighbor that brought this faulty snake oil product is now in dire straits because the snake oil salesman needs you to buy it as well. It's a Ponzi scheme of failure. Yeah, and, a, and and number three on your list here is that the uh, they're they're having a little trouble with the electric charging stations charging things. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know about you. I grew up in a rural area, and so let's just talk again how this is an assault on the poor. So, sixty-seven percent of people who have an electric car, where do they charge it? They charge it at their house. Mm-hmm. But for those who, what happens to those who live in apartments? What are they going to do? If they want everyone in California to have one, what about those who live in rental housing? Are they going to be able to charge it? Oh, no, they'll go to those charging stations, and a third of them in San Francisco are busted. They don't even work. And so these stations that are supposed to be the panacea of fixing you know, the world, by the way, probably fueled by fossil fuels because California imports 25% of its energy, then... It's just they're not there when you need them. And, and so when you take a look at, you know, an EV that doesn't have the range of internal combustion engine, when you take a look at the fact that you can't charge it because the grid is stressed between 4 and 9 p.m., and when you take a look at the fact that a charger uh, is broken in your neighborhood, how are you supposed to get around? Yeah. Well, and I'm going to go down to numbers 4 and 5 and kind of combine them here. Uh, there's going to be a 40% increase in demand for electricity. Um, and... Uh, according to one researcher you have here, the strain of adding an EV, electric vehicle, is similar to adding one or two air conditioners to your home. Uh, except, of course, the EV, you have to power it year-round, not just in the summer. So um, that's people. How, how are people going to feel about that? Well, and I think they'll feel great when they get that electric bill, right? We all yeah. kind of dread those summer electric bills because we know we've been running the air conditioner. I just got mine today, and it, uh, I, I had some shell shock when I opened it and looked at it, because I had to run the AC because it was hot. Imagine now that that is going to be a year-round phenomenon for you. That's when the electricity is working, right? You're going to have to pay to have essentially one to two air conditioners, and that's for a single car. And I know a lot of households have more than a single car. You're going to have to pay the electricity cost of having one to two or more type of air conditioners running in your home year-round. Wow. And um, and then uh, you, you have here at number seven, we're talking to Larry Barron's communications director at Power of the Future. Number seven is a good one. Uh, utility companies will need to add $5,800 in upgrades for every new electric car for the next eight years in order to compensate for the demand and power because the demand is going to go way up if, uh, if people are buying electric cars. And, of course, if they're adding $5,800 in upgrades, then everybody's going to have a higher electric bill. Yeah, that's per electric vehicle. And so, again, let's look at California, right? We're talking roughly 30 million people in California. And lo and behold, if all of them want to buy an EV unit, it's $5,800 per EV. Well, the math gets mind-boggling very quickly. And that is going to come on all of our electric bills right away, right? Whether you own an EV or not. So, again, you have to subsidize the EV with their tax credit. You have to subsidize the EV with their home uh, building to the infrastructure for the electricity. And you have to subsidize it when you pay your electric bill. And so this whole 
you know, EVs are much more affordable notion goes out the window very quickly. Yeah, um, and as you mentioned, the average price for the car is $66,000, so uh, that, that made number eight on your list, but you mentioned that already. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and the arrogance and the condescension that's shown by politicians, uh, including our, our energy secretary, uh, Granholm, she, she says, well, yeah, mm-hmm. listen, if you buy an electric car, you're going to see a huge drop in your gas bills every month. And they just think anybody can go out and buy one of these. Yeah, and it's just like if my home burns down, I'm going to send. A, I'm going to save a whole lot of money on my heat and cooling because I yeah. won't have a house. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is essentially she's trying to say if you abandon this, you're going to save money on it. It, it is, and these are the the tip top of the Biden administration in economic thinkers. She is the same secretary who, when asked what is Joe Biden's plan to increase domestic energy production. She just laughed, right? And, you know, you can find it if you look online. Finally, someone, when she came before Congress, had the sense to ask her, how did you get here today? And she hands and haws and says, you know, we have a fleet of electric vehicles at the Department of Energy. He says, great. We'll note that. How did you get here today? She took a fossil fuel-powered car to go to our hearings. They will never live by the same standards they are requiring of you and me. What's, what's good about an electric car? And they're not. There, there are things that, if if um, I guess if you if if you include the freedom to decide whether or not you want one, they're not such a bad idea. If you want to, if it's something you you think you'd like to have, and you don't like paying for gas, and you have the uh, the wherewithal and the ability to charge it at home, it's and they're not. And there's nothing wrong in, uh, just with with having an electric car, is there? Well, they they look cool and they accelerate really fast. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, if someone wants to own one of their own accord, I don't begrudge them that. If someone wants to bring, you know, drink Tab or do Coke, I don't begrudge them of that. <laughs> but I, it's something that I would never do because it's, they, they both taste gross. Sorry to all the new Coke fans <laughs> out there. But it is, you know, it is taking away the freedom of choice of Americans to make the decisions for what is best for their family. And, by the way, the most economical decisions for what is based for their family. Again, we're going to all be told that this is the right thing to do, and we're all in, except the people who are telling us that, who are not living by these standards themselves. Well, I, uh, I, I don't know where this is going, but um, it, 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 does, it can't be good. I'm getting older now, so I, I think by the time this, if this insanity is ever uh, achieved by the idiots pushing it, uh, there's a good chance I'm going to be dead. At least I hope it takes that long. Um, but uh, real quick, how, how is there? Is it is it possible to turn this around? I mean, what what do you got to do to yeah. put a stop to this? California's hopeless. Well, yeah, well, first of all, if I'm the Pittsburgh, I'm looking at November, right? I'm looking at who's going to be on my ballot. I'm looking at what do they think about this? What do they think California's heading down the no pun intended the right road? And if they do, maybe I need to start considering, you know what, this is not someone I want to support. Uh, we mentioned uh, the governor of Virginia. He decided that, you know what, we're going to pass a law to remove ourselves from this uh, uh, California binding agreement. Other states can do that, too. There is pushback because this is going to infiltrate your life quicker than you think. It's going to cost you so much more than you'll ever think, and it is going to uh, be against you what you want for your family. And so the time to look at it now is with the people you elect. 
Hey, uh, Tom, I, or I'm sorry, Larry, I'm so, Tom is my last guest. Sorry about that. Uh, Larry, <laughs> no Larry Barron's, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. John, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much, man. Have a great day. Okay, that's Larry Barron's, director of, uh, communication director at Power of the Future. We'll be right back. He shot a teenager in cold blood, killing him for money to buy heroin. And John Fetterman wanted him to walk free. As chairman of the Board of Pardons, Fetterman was the only vote to release the murderer. The only one. Over the pleas of the victim's family, Fetterman was the lone vote to let this murderer back on our streets. Why? Just listen to Fetterman talk about releasing other convicts. I have made getting them out of prison like the most, you know, critical thing I'll, I'll ever do. And there isn't anything that I won't do within the limits of, of the law in my office to make sure that they are free. With crime surging, far left Fetterman wants to fling open the prison doors for violent criminals. John Fetterman is too far left for Pennsylvania. Senate Leadership Fund paid for and is responsible for the content of this advertising. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.senateleadershipfund.org MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. This is John Stoggerwald. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but now it's only $39.98 with our listener promo code. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale sheets are breathable and have a cold, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-716-8087. Use the promo code STAG or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, I won't be here tomorrow. I'll be on the radio at my usual time at 5 o'clock, but I won't be here in the palatial uh, studios of WPGP. Pittsburgh, I will be in uh, Green Tree. I mean, I'm sorry, I won't be in Green Tree. I will be in Warrendale because I will be at Pitt Cycles. We'll be there from 4 to 6 tomorrow. Been telling telling you about it here for a while. Uh, I'm going to be doing the show live from there from 5 to 6. So come on out and check it out. Uh, there will be uh, prizes, including a $400 remote starter or detailing package from Castle Shannon, from uh, from Team Nuts and Castle Shannon. We have a couple of $100 restaurant dining certificates. Also, uh, Pit Cycles is uh, it's the home of BMW Motorcycles, so... They're going to be showing their uh, new great uh, BMW motorcycles, and you can come out and check it out. It's at uh, Pit Cycles right next to Jurgles in Warrendale. We will see you there tomorrow at 4 o'clock, and I'll be live on the radio tomorrow from there at 5. Talk to you then. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow fan. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.